Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Friend of God podcast in the official Friend of God podcast studio. I'm so excited to be here with you. I wanted to make a vlog to catch everybody up on what has been going on in my life the last couple of months and over the past year in general, but I figured it would be easier to just kind of sit face to face and talk about what the Lord has placed on my heart to talk about and what the goal is of Friend of God moving forward. Over the last couple of episodes that I had done, I asked people to write in and ask questions, and the questions were overwhelming on the amount that people wanted me and my sister and friends to address certain topics that I felt were a little more intense, a little heavier, vital and important, but a little different than the things that I am used to talking about, which is marriage and family and prayer. And I really wanted to go at it with a lot of prayer, with a lot of covering, a lot of people in my life um, that I could bounce things off of and authority and pastors that I could talk to before just going forward and stepping into something so vital and important. I have had the privilege to be in contact and walk with and be mentored by five or six men of God around the Orlando area, around the United States that run mega churches and small churches and mentorships and everything in between. And these amazing men who love Jesus that I just wanted to involve in this process before talking about anything additional than what I had been talking about. And I think it's so vital to have people in your life to make sure you're plugged in a church. Um, and that was one of the things that I did talk to them about is one of the parts of opening up about things that I had been through that my friends had been through and my sister had been through is you you don't want to divide the church and that was something that was really important to me because my dad is a pastor I grew up as a pastor's kid I've been serving in full-time ministry for the past 10 years and I deeply love the church and that was something that I brought to them saying I don't want honesty and for me to be open to make it seem like the church is weaker or to divide the church and something that they brought to me is saying when you tell the truth you're not dividing the church you're defining the church and something really beautiful that my friend John Richards always says is that when Jesus stood before Pilate, he was silent. And we know him to be silent for multiple reasons. But when it came to himself, he was silent. And I was so happy being silent and being content and not talking about it. I, um, It was difficult, but I got restored. I was happy. I moved forward. I had counsel and pastors and people that restored me and brought me in. I knew my Bible. I'm so thankful for the family and the friends that I had. But that is where I was content with. I'm like, I'm fine going on living my life. I don't need to talk about anything. Someone else will talk about it. I'll talk about prayer and motherhood. Um, but something that my friend always says is that when Jesus was before Pilate, he was silent. But when Jesus went into the temple and saw them distorting his father's house is when Jesus spoke up. And that is something that got me and that I couldn't shake off this whole past year is saying, when it comes to my father's house, I don't want to be silent. When it comes to me, 
I'm okay. I'm okay being silent. I don't need justification. I don't need vindication. I'm genuinely not offended. I'm genuinely not hurt. I'm really happy with where I'm at. But when it comes to the Lord's house and the Lord's people is when the zeal for his house should consume us, is when the passion for his name and who he truly and rightly is should burn in our hearts. And when we see people getting emotionally, uh, physically, mentally, sexually abused, we need to be able to speak out about it and say this is not right and not what should be going on. And that should not be intermingled with the name of Jesus. And something that I have looked into and researched and found is the church 30, 40 years ago covered sin when it came to physical, sexual, and financial abuse. We were fine covering it. We, If we openly talked about it, we would frown upon it. But among the staff and church members, it was widely known that people would cover their pastors whenever there would be sexual, physical, financial abuse. We would call it restoring, and the pastor wouldn't skip a beat. They wouldn't be accountable for their actions. There would be a long line of people genuinely hurt and destroyed because of these things, but we stuffed it under the rug, and there was something that happened, a shift in culture back then that someone said, and multiple people said, pastors stood up, leaders, people in the congregation stood up and said, this is not okay. This is not God's house. This is not what we should be standing for. And there was a shift. Now we know that it still happens today, but there is a cultural change where when we say someone was sexually abused in church, people like people wake up and they're like, that is not right. And we speak up and we speak out about it. Again, I'm not saying that it's that way everywhere. And there are still some places that are very unhealthy, but as a group, as a culture, and as a church amongst our denominations, we have decided this is not right. And this is something that we shouldn't stand for. But something that is happening right now is that if it is not sexual or physical or financial abuse, we call it being hurt and offended. So if someone says that they've been mentally, spiritually, emotionally abused, we say, well, was it sexual and was it financial? And the second they say no, we go, all right, then you probably didn't want accountability and you probably didn't want to be told no. And listen, I've been on the church side of things. I've been the leader and I've been the teacher and I've been the one in the room where people have been offended and pointed fingers and been genuinely critical for zero reason at all. But this is different. And I think it's time that we wake up and we open our eyes that there is a cultural shift that needs to happen. I'm not talking about changing fundamentals of the Bible. I'm not talking about changing our approach to the word or church in general. I'm talking about this undercover thing that we have swept under the rug for a long time. And what I want to see end is that we stop sweeping these things under the rug for the sake of calling it a clean house. Because what we're doing is we're painting this beautiful picture of a church and we're welcoming in the lost and we're saying, come to the house of God. And they come in and they're loved and then it starts to set in and then they start to get met with these Um, narcissistic, controlling, manipulative leaders and church structures that are just not okay. And that is my heart. And this is something that I did sit down and talk to these men and leaders about and saying is, I don't want to be, you know, known as the person that just causes a ruckus or, you know, disrupts things. And something that they all said for their own churches is that there are incredible pastors. There are sweet, 
kind, God-fearing teachers where the Lord moves in their churches and they're not doing this, but someone has to be able to speak up just like Moses did and said, hey, these are my people. I see that they're suffering. This is not okay. This should not be happening. And uh, that is genuinely my heart in all of this of saying, I'm okay. I'm happy talking about the prayer life and talking about raising godly kids. I'm really content with that and I'm safe there and I'm happy there and I'll continue to talk about it. But something that has been just a resounding thing is this sweep that is happening through the church that we can't be, you know, advertising purity and advertising Jesus. And then the second we get into the green room, it gets darker and darker. This is something where people need to be safe when they come to the house of God. The house of God is not perfect, but we need to be godly and we need to pursue holiness. Something that was very important to me and these team of pastors unanimously was this subject that the Lord coming in a room, the presence of Jesus is not his stamp of approval on a people. We know that the Lord comes and falls on the just and the unjust. He'll come for the one whose heart is hungry and heal that one person, but it is not his stamp of approval of what is happening behind the scenes of people twisting scriptures, of people spiritually, sexually abusing. It is not his approval on any one man. We know back 30, 40 years ago that those churches where the pastors were sexually abusing children and sexually assaulting and twisting financial funds, the Lord was coming in those churches too because it has nothing to do with these men. Obviously, the Lord is so gracious to bring light to these things, to uncover these things, and he's so good to bring it to an end, and he always does, and he's so just and he's so kind. But we need to be able to teach and be wise in this next generation and say it has never been nor will it ever be the presence of Jesus, his approval on a place. It is not the only place he's resting. The Lord is everywhere. He is in us. His manifest presence falls where people are hungry and they worship him. But it has nothing to do with the behind the scenes of a pastor or a leadership team. So I am very excited to welcome you into these next prayerfully planned out episodes of the podcast for you to come and sit with me and my friends. I have had dozens and dozens of people sitting on my couch weeping and needing restoration over these same subjects, asking for help and asking for direction. And that's kind of what I wanted to do for all of you is just to open up my couch with me and my friends where we talk about what worship is really supposed to look like in church structure and leadership and just being really open and honest about everything. And I think the Lord is worth it. I will keep talking about, you know, marriage and family and prayer and all the things that I love so much. But when you're a friend of God, a friend of Jesus, is we get to talk about the fun things and we need to talk about the not so fun things and the things that are really vital and really important. And I think Jesus deserves it for us to be honest that you know, we need to speak up and not have his name be twisted any longer and not have his people be hurt any longer. This is genuinely not about me. This is for the house of the Lord needs to raise its standard. Purity deserves to be pursued and not sold. And Jesus deserves to be loved and not branded. 